But last week we talked about that because of the resurrection, I can serve a living Savior. I have a resurrected life and I have a living hope. And I love that. But just because that is true and just because we can do those things doesn't mean I, I just arrive at my destination. And then it's like, oh, here we go. Everything's done. No, life is a journey. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes after a big week like last week and, and, and I hear those truths and, and you kind of ask yourself the question, well, what do I do now? Right? What is next? And so we're going to talk about that today. Last, uh, yesterday, I, I had a crazy idea in the morning. It dawned on me, my favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals were in town. And I was like, oh, this is my, and so I'm like, I wonder what time they're playing today. And so yesterday morning, I looked up, and I'm like, four o'clock. I'm like, that's early enough for me to get to the game after some other stuff I had to do, and then get home to go to bed early like the old man that I am, right? And so I'm like, this is perfect. It's like God must just be smiling down on me to let me go watch the Cardinals. And so I threw Jovi, my youngest, uh, in the car with me. And we run down. We get some bleachers tickets. We go out there and we baked in the hot sun for three hours. It was amazing, right? And uh, one of the Cardinals outfielders, he, he, he threw a ball up to us. And, and we just barely missed it. It was epic. It was awesome. But on the way there, I missed a turn downtown. I ended up in a parking lot that cost way too much, right? And you know, instead of $5 for parking, I'm paying $20 for parking. And so, but, but we're together, and so it didn't matter, right? And on top of it all, the cherry on top, the Cardinals won five to nothing, in case you didn't hear. And so, I know you guys are gonna start throwing stuff at me. Some of you are like, oh, I checked out this church, but now I'm leaving, I'm never coming back. Forgive me, the weaker vessel, the Cardinals fan. But, you know, it was awesome, you know, and, and like I said, that outfielder, he's throwing the ball up in our, in our area all the time at, at the end of warm-ups each inning. And so we, we keep thinking that, that one is going to come to us. And, and so we get this bright idea, oh, he's warming up. We're going to go down a little closer. And so we're headed down a little closer to wave at him and be like us. And next thing you know, guess what? The ball sails right over our head and hits the very seats where we had been sitting. Ah! I just look at my daughter and I'm like, I failed you as a father. Please forgive me. Right? But hey, we weren't there at the right time. And I'm just so glad that following Jesus isn't like that. That when you take a wrong move, when you go in a different direction, when you take a step out of your seat, maybe where you should be, where your ticket said you're supposed to be, where God's word said you should have been. And maybe you take a detour in your life, maybe it's years, maybe it's you know, weeks, maybe it's your whole life, and you feel like your whole life has been a detour and you haven't been in the right spot. Man, that's a heavy place to be. And I'm just so thankful for God's grace that even when you get out of your lane and maybe you're not in the right spot at the right time and you feel like you missed your ship, that Jesus still loves you and still has plans for your life. And see, after the, after the resurrection, you know, it's like this, this, this big thing. Well, everybody didn't know about it yet. And just like in our lives, everybody doesn't know about it yet. And so... We see these two guys take this walk to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. 
And we're not gonna, we're gonna, not gonna go all the way through their story, and I'm just gonna summarize it for you a little bit. But basically, after these two guys from Emmaus were walking and Jesus appeared to them, and, and they realized finally that it was Jesus, guess what they do? They turn around and they run back to Jerusalem to see the disciples. And so this is where we pick up in Luke chapter 24, 3, 35 through 36. And the first thing that we gotta remember today after Easter is to talk about Jesus. And you're like, Joe, seriously, we do this every week at church. And I'm not talking about at church. I know I talk a lot about Jesus at church. No, I'm talking about you in your life on a daily basis. Talk about Jesus. And so listen to what happens. It says, then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself suddenly was suddenly standing there among them. Whoa, right? So they had just had an experience with Jesus and all of a sudden they're back with the disciples and they're talking about Jesus and all of a sudden Jesus shows up. I don't know about you, but man, if I'm talking about Jesus and all of a sudden he just appears in the room, that's an amazing thing. And think about it, these two men, they had left Jerusalem after, you know, uh, on Sunday. They were walking to, to Emmaus. It was seven miles away. This guy just appears by them as they're walking and asks them what they're talking about. And so these, these two guys tell Jesus, hey, we're talking about everything that happened in Jerusalem, but they didn't know it was Jesus. And so tells them all this stuff. And finally, they sit down to break bread and they realize it's Jesus. And so they had this epic experience with Jesus. And within the hour, the word says, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. Now think about that. They had been a follower of Christ. They'd been with the bandwagon. The resurrection happened, the crucifixion, all this stuff, and they were going back home. They were going to a place that, that was just normal, that was comfortable. It's like they were going back to their old life. And Jesus, in his grace, shows up for them, right? But listen, just like I said earlier, once you meet Jesus, once you have an experience with him, you can't go back to your old life and everything just stay the same. You just can't do it. And so as they return, they're talking about Jesus and he shows up again. And so I just hope this gets it in your heart today that just because Easter was great and everything was awesome and, and it's like, yes, well, hey, I'm so glad you came back this week. But hey, there's new mercies and there's new encounters and there's new moments to be had with Jesus every single day. When you open up God's word, even in the quiet of your own house, no one's around or maybe the kids are screaming or, or what, who knows? But when you open up God's word and you just zero in and you get alone with him, he wants to show up in your life. And so I just wanna encourage you, don't leave Jesus at church. You talk about Jesus when you get up and at the dinner table and at the lunch table and at the water cooler and wherever you go, talk about him. Now, you don't want to be like, years, years ago there was this video, it was like the, the, um, the, the evangelism like linebacker and he would just like literally knock people over with the word of God, right? And it was a funny video and it was meant in jest, but you know, we don't want to be, be like that, smacking, up pe smacking people upside the head with Jesus. No, but we want to talk about what God has done in our life. Talk about how much we love him. Talk about how much he means to us. Talk about Jesus. Listen, 
When you talk about Jesus, you don't have to be an expert about what everyone else's life. You don't have to be an expert about everyone else's life to talk about what happened to you. And this is the big deal. A lot of people think, say, I don't, ha- I, don't, I don't have anything to say about God. I don't, I don't know anything about God. I don't know enough scripture to talk. And I just wanna encourage you. Well, just talk about what he's done for you. You see, the, the two men from Emmaus, when they went back and talked to the disciples, they didn't, they didn't talk about you know, Jesus' teachings or, or anything, no. They, they talked about what had happened to them, right? Now, if you know some of God's word and it's impacted you, you can share it, you know, and you could talk about it, but you don't know, have to know anything about anything to simply talk about what has happened to you. And so I want to encourage you, you're in service and man, great worship today. These guys do such an amazing job. And, and maybe during a song, man, the, the message of that song just connects with your heart and you have a moment with God. And, and maybe he just, he, he reassures you that he's real and that he loves you. And he just likes to experience his presence in that moment. And so you have that experience during worship. Don't keep it to yourself. When you go home today, tell your spouse, tell your kids, Tell somebody about what God is doing in your life and make it normative in your life that things of God and things about Jesus are coming out of your lips. I would contend that if you leave no room in your life for conversation about Jesus, that he will show up less. You see, when the two men from Emmaus were walking down the road, who were they talking about? Jesus. And then when they went to the disciples and they told the disciples about what had happened, who are they talking about? Jesus. And I would contend in your life and in mine, the more we focus on Jesus, the more we talk about Jesus, the more that we're going to see him working in your life. And so some people, they they get all kind of bent out of shape. They're like, God's not doing anything in my life anymore. God's not showing up for me like he used to. And I would just lovingly encourage you. When did you shut his book? And when did you stop talking about him? Because if you're talking about him, if you're focused on him, you can't help but see him working in your life. I know for myself, so much of the time when God stops working in my life, it's because I'm spending, I'm spending all my time complaining about how bad things are or how, how things could be better. But when I just start focusing on Jesus, things start to fall into place. And so the more we talk about him, the more we'll see him at work in our lives. The second thing that we see in this passage in Luke chapter 4, 24, in verse 36 through 43, is that we need to face our doubts. We need to face our doubts. Just because you came to church on Easter and heard heard a, a message doesn't mean you don't have doubts. And if you have doubts, don't think you're weird. Everyone has doubts. It's okay. But the fact that something happened and the resurrection did happen and Jesus really is alive and he really loves you and he still has plans for your life, just because that's a fact doesn't necessarily mean that I believe it, understand it, or can apply it. Right? And so we see this in the life of the disciples. Listen to what it says. Jesus shows up in the room and what does he say? Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies. 
as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Can you imagine that moment? I just, I can't even, just boggles my mind. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. You know, two things strike me here. The links that Jesus went to to be patient with their doubt. He was willing to do anything to prove to his disciples that he was really alive, that the resurrection really happened, right? And then the other thing that just strikes me is that Jesus was so patient, but he was not understanding of their doubt. What did he say? Why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Man, we see this all throughout the Bible in the Old Testament with the Israelites and then in the New Testament with people that's just, just that struggling with faith to believe that he really was who he said he was and that he could do what he said he can do. And so if anything throughout Scripture, we see frustration from God in the Old Testament and frustration from Jesus in the New Testament at people's unbelief. But listen, don't let God's frustration in our unbelief let you believe that he's not patient with you. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And so does he understand why you don't believe? No, he doesn't get it. And if you were God and you had created the whole universe and at your very word, light came to be, at your very word, you separated the waters, at your very word, people and animals and things were created, You'd be sitting there and being like, what else do I have to do? Right? And so here's Jesus frustrated, but patient. And man, I hope that speaks to your heart today. If you have doubts that man, God might not understand why you don't believe, but he's, he's so patient with you and he's going to walk you through that journey. What does Proverbs 3, 5 say? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. It, it never ends well. Why? Because you'll never understand it all. John, in John 20, 24, there's a, it, it gives another account of this. And it says that when one, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, he was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But did Thomas believe? No. Even though all the other disciples said they've seen him, did he believe? No. He was as hard-headed as hard-headed gets. How many hard-headed people we got in the house today? My hand is up, <laughs> right? Right? And then in verse 29, it says, then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I think all of us would fall into that category today. We haven't got to see him. We didn't live at the time when Jesus walked this earth in flesh and blood. You know, we weren't there in those, those, those 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead before he ascended into heaven. We weren't there. And so what do we do? We believe without seeing. We face our doubt. We look it right in the eyes and we tell the devil, I'm going to trust God. Because he'll say, well, can you see it? No then how do you know you can believe it? Because I know in my heart, he's real. I've experienced his presence. 
My shame and my guilt is gone. I am free in Jesus' name. Amen. The third thing that we see in this passage is that after we face our doubts, we ask for wisdom. We ask for wisdom. In, in, in verses 44 through 45, it says this. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. It's almost like Jesus is just like reiterating, right? I told you about it before. It was in the law of Moses. It was in the prophets and it was in the Psalms. All those things have to be fulfilled. And then it says this and underline this if you got an analog Bible today or in your notes. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. How many of you ever read your Bible and you're like, I don't get it, <laughs> right? This don't make no sense. Well, join the club because there's things in the Bible that are hard to understand. But here's what we know. The disciples didn't get it all either. And there came this moment when Jesus opened their minds to understanding the scriptures. And here's the cool, applicable truth for you and me today, that when we ask, Jesus will do the same thing for us. Now, will it all come at once? No. But will it come with diligent and consistent study and asking God to continue to reveal his word to us? Yes. That's why it's a daily habit. And so ask for wisdom. And so I just want to encourage you this week, when you sit at Jesus' feet in your prayer time, in your devotional time, listen to him, seek him. And as you do that, he's going to open your mind to his perspective. He's not going to bring you to this, you know, it's not going to be some weird, like elevated state of consciousness or anything like that. It's going to be a simple understanding of truth. It's going to be a simple understanding of, of how life works and, and what's really important in life. And how it's been for me, a lot of times, is he just gives me the next step. Right? He doesn't give me 10 steps down the road. He doesn't tell me what's going to happen next week. He just tells me what to be faithful to today. Right? James 1, 5 through 6 says, if you need wisdom. How many of you need wisdom? My hand's up. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Remember, we talked about facing your doubt. And so after you face your doubt, you come and you ask wisdom. And you do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So don't doubt. Give yourself fully to Jesus and ask him for wisdom. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And a lot of times we say like, well, God, I asked for the Ferrari. I don't have the Ferrari. But no, what does it say that he'll give every time we ask? Wisdom. You have not because you ask not. Number four. As we move forward from Easter, we've got to make God's mission my mission. We see this in verse 47. Read with me. It says, and this is still Jesus talking. He says, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Now we know because of other scripture that Jesus wasn't just saying that you guys witnessed all those things, which would be a past tense. 
He's not just saying you witnessed it all. No, he says that you are witnesses of all these things. Jesus was saying you are witnesses, not just past tense, but present and future tense. He is bestowing on the disciples a new identity, right? Kind of like when he first met them and he said, no, you're not going to fish for fish anymore. You're going to be fishers of men. He gave them a new identity. Have you let God give you a new identity? Have you said, God, here's my life, all of it, completely surrendered, and I want the identity that you have for me. And why do you know best, God? Because you made me, because you created me, because you gave me these fingerprints, because you gave me these talents and these abilities. You made me, so I'm gonna trust you with who you say that I am. Listen, church, we're so obsessed so much of the time with finding our perfect job finding our perfect life, which usually has more to do with us than with him, right? But if I'm on God's mission, then I want what, then then what I want is not at the top of the list. If I'm on God's mission, then my wants and my ambitions and my dreams and my priorities are not the top priority. There's just something about surrendering your life to his will and his plan. You see Jesus here, he's priming the pump and he's, he's letting them know, man, you're about to go on mission and it's gonna be amazing. Your life is never gonna be the same. And he's saying, you are my witnesses. Have you taken that step to make God's mission your mission? He wants to give it to you. He wants you to have this life that is full, so full of purpose. That the purpose that money can't buy, right? The fifth thing that we see and the last thing that we close with today is that Jesus encourages them to depend on the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, there's things from this that we can apply to our lives, and there's things that we can't. For instance, most of us are not going to go to Jerusalem and wait, (laughs) right? It's not possible. Maybe you don't have money for the plane ticket. Maybe you don't have a passport. Maybe you wouldn't know where to go when you got there, right? Maybe you're just not a traveler. Maybe you've never left the state of Ohio, right? That's okay, because that's not what we need to apply But there are a couple things from this verse that we can't apply. And the first is that we wait. We are in such a hurry, right? We're in such a hurry. Have you ever noticed how fast I talk? (laughs) Right? It's like, I just want to get it all in. And I got so much to say. It's like, slow down. Slow down and wait. Because here's what I know. When we run around like chickens with our heads cut off and we act like the weight of the world is on our shoulders and that life isn't going to move on unless we fill in the blank. I almost think that God just looks and he's got that little smirk on his face and he's asking himself, when are they going to learn? Because Jesus was sending these guys on the most amazing mission that anybody's ever been sent on. And what's the first thing he said to do? He said to wait. Wait. Depend on the Holy Spirit's power. 
And so I wanna encourage you, the part of this that we can apply to our lives is that this is a daily practice. We wait. We sit at Jesus' feet and we ask God every day to fill us with his presence to overflowing. We ask God, God, I need you. I can't live this life without you. I can't live this life without your word. God, I need your Holy Spirit. There's no other way, God, that I'm gonna conquer the sin and the temptations that I'm facing in life. God, there's no other way that I'm gonna have, have be filled with power on high so that I can be the witness that you're calling me to be. God, there's no other way that I'm gonna be able to love my kids and my wife and my family like you need me to without your Holy Spirit power. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit, waiting on him. So many people think that, 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 man, being filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, oh yeah, I got that back in the day. And man, I'm so thankful you did. But if that is our view of being filled with the Holy Spirit, we're missing out. Because God wants to fill you fresh and anew with his Holy Spirit every single day. And it happens when you wait at the feet of Jesus. Why do you think Jesus got up so early went off by himself and spent all these hours with God because he was depending on him. And he was setting the example that when you and I step into our life, we depend on him so much that we know we can't do another thing without him. That we don't go until he says go. That we don't speak until he says speak. That we don't move until he says move. Now, am I saying you gotta stand at your closet and say, God, what do you want me to wear today? And you stand there until he speaks, no. But we have this dependence. It's like, God, I need you that much. And so as you go about your daily life and you do all the things that you need to do, man, you're depending on him. You're depending on him to, to, to show you when an opportunity comes to share your faith. You're depending on him to show you when an opportunity comes to love your kids or to love your wife or your, or your husband or, or people. Maybe that coworker that is super hard to love. They're an extra grace required person. When you depend on the Holy Spirit, you're going to see the opportunity to be Jesus to them instead of wanting to just rip their head off. Right? Maybe that's a little extreme. Don't fall for the lie. Don't fall for the lie that talent will ever be enough in your life. Talent is never enough. You need more. You need the Holy Spirit's power. You need to talk to your friends about God, or you need to talk to God about your friends before you talk to your friends about God. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time in His Word, soaking in it, being washed by the water of the Word. And we don't wait enough, myself included. You can join the club today. We need to wait. We need to press in and seek God on a daily basis. Why? Because we don't want to leave God at church. We don't want to leave him here. He deserves access and permission to every single area of our life. And so I want to encourage you as we, as we wrap up this series about Jesus being risen, remember the history of mankind hinges on this one word. Everything boils down to whether or not Jesus really raised from the dead. And he did. And so because he did, I'm going to talk about Jesus every day. I'm going to face my doubts with intensity. I'm going to look the devil in the eye and say, I believe in God and what he is and who he is and what he can do in my life. I'm going to ask 
for wisdom. I'm going to, I'm going to ask for it. Like my life depends on it. I'm going to make God's mission, my mission, right? It's not my dreams. It's not my will. It's not my, my stuff that matters. It's God's mission that matters most in my life. And to complete that mission, I know that I need the power of the Holy spirit working within me. And so I'm going to wait at Jesus's feet every day. I'm going to seek him with everything that I have. What does God's word say? Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. You say, what are all these things? Guess what? I don't know, but it's everything you need. It's everything that will really meet your heart's desire. Sometimes you don't even know what you need, but God knows. And so we're going to sit at his feet and we're going to wait and we're going to seek him with everything that we have. Amen. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes today, I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you were here last week and, and you wanted to accept Christ, but you just couldn't yet for whatever reason. But today you say, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender all. I'm ready to put my life in Jesus's hands and follow him because he's worth it, because he died for me and he rose again on the third day, because he's got a purpose and a plan for my life. And so if that's you and you would like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today, I wanna to encourage you to just raise your hand. There's nothing special about raising your hand, but it's just an act to say, Jesus, here I am. I wanna follow you, amen, amen. You can put your hands down. And as you sit there in your seat, I just want to encourage you to pray a prayer just like this. And you don't have to use special words or Jesus hears your heart. He hears you. But there's a few things the Bible says to do. Admit that you're a sinner. God, I've sinned. I need a savior. The second thing is to believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Jesus, I put my trust in you that you did that for me. I believe that you died. He rose again. Next, we confess our sins. God, I've, I've messed up. I confess my sins to you. And then lastly, we just accept God's free gift of salvation because you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You just accept it. And so you say, God, I accept that gift of salvation. And be, based on what your word says, I'm now a new creation. Thank you, Lord. And then you turn the corner and you begin to live it out. And hopefully today's outline is a great set of next steps for you as you walk through life. Because guess what? You're gonna forget to talk about Jesus. And guess what? You're still gonna have doubts. And guess what? There's gonna be days when you don't wanna go on God's mission. But hey, you can do it. So I just encourage you, if, if you accepted Christ today, we'd love to get a Bible in your hand. We have them out at the Welcome Center. And so you could take your, your Connect card out there, check that box that says, I made Christ my Savior today. And we'll get that bag in your hand. We'd love to get you those resources. And then <clears throat> if you're here today and, and you say, hey, Joe, I want to make God's mission for, for my life, my mission. And that's the thing that is just really sticking with you today. I'm gonna to pray a closing prayer. And if that's you today, just raise your hand with me as we pray. God, I thank you so much for your mission that you've given us to reach people, to talk about you. And so much of the time we feel so ill-equipped. But God, I pray for your people today. 
as they walk out of these doors and as they go to, to live out your mission. God, I pray that you just give them power from on high, that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. God, that as we wait on you tomorrow morning and, and throughout the week each day and we spend time in your word, God, I just pray that you help us to understand your word just like you helped the, the disciples. God, open our eyes, open our ears, help us to see what's really important. Help us to see the opportunities when they're in front of us. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.